Well, Anthony, it's been a really interesting hour and a half discussion. What have your main takeouts been? And tell us about the story of Blackpool and what you're trying to achieve there. I think some of my conclusions from this morning is that there is a shared view that certain aspects of our current model of growth and inclusion are not going to deliver what most of us want. And we have to have various aspects of significant structural reform, whether that's reform of the planning system, how we view sustainability and, and, and inclusion, uh, but also, in particular, some of our, our process of, of economic growth and how we place infrastructure in place for the, for the future. I think there's also, I would extract from this morning, that many people's experience, particularly of the Greater Manchester experience of the last 30 years, is that growth has not led to inclusion. Actually, what we've had is largely is a successful dilution of deprivation in many places, but we actually have new problems expanding, whether that's in work poverty or, or absence of access to housing, that mean that if we carry on as we are, uh, those, those things will, will worsen. So there's a, a need to, to completely rethink aspects of how we're doing growth. And, and clearly, there is a dramatic relationship uh, a, a very tight relationship between the built environment, especially housing, and the ability of people uh, to experience uh, inclusion and then similarly exclusion. And in the case of Blackpool, uh, which you may or may not want me to say more about, uh, I would say that, that that relationship is very acute. So in Blackpool, we, we have not quite the same extent as Manchester. We have a lot of uh, new development, which is excellent. But our single biggest public policy challenge is the relationship between a very poor quality and very poorly regulated private rented sector and the, uh, the, the, the people who are sucked into that, particularly very vulnerable people, typically men between 30 and 60. And Blackpool is the nation's most striking example of this form of housing failure. And right now we do everything we can within the law to regulate it, but our powers are extremely weak. And um, we intervene in other ways where, where, where possible. We, we've set up a company that, that buys housing where this can work and we convert it into much higher quality, effectively social housing through a private route. But we were, we're only possible to do that to the local authority because our expected rate of return on those developments is two and a half percent to pay the borrowing. The private sector is incentivized to deliver the absolute reverse, which is to pack as many vulnerable people into poor quality housing. And in terms of changing that dynamic, we have to dramatically change how we regulate uh, aspects of our, our, our housing, particularly the private rented sector. Now, you made a terrific speech almost about a process of what you see as being national renewal that we need. You were talking about the last century and the wave of creation of public sector housing for people in work. Tell us about that and why you think that should now happen again, why the need is so urgent for it. I think regeneration and a lot of the debates around places are, are very presentist. And I have a sharp interest in the past. And whilst there are new challenges emerging now, many of the core problems we talked about this morning have a very long historical time frame. And we've had previous examples in our history where the majority of people have been housed in towns and cities in extremely poor quality property, where most of those people are working, yet can only access extremely poor quality uh, housing. And we have that rearing its head very rapidly again in the likes of Manchester and, and in London. And what we can learn from history is that the periods of mass house building in this country, particularly house building geared to cater for the needs of people who need a quality affordable product, especially those in work, not those who aren't in work, has been reliant on dramatic forms of state-based intervention. That isn't necessarily councils building hundreds of thousands of homes, lots of it's involved partnership with the private sector. But when I think about the history of Greater Manchester is a great example where 
There was huge programs of Sloan clearance, most of it hugely successful, uh, despite some of the popular myths. The majority of, of social housing has been an enormous success. Many of the challenges we face now will only happen if we have a return to aspects of um, uh, state-driven, state-incentivized massive building where the, the, the value to the individuals and families occupying those properties trumps the profit value of providing housing through a different route. And right from our Prime Minister down, she says our, our housing sector is broken. She even attributed the wave of populism that, that, that led to the Brexit vote around that as well. And they're saying they're going to build 300,000 a year. What would you do if you became the nation's buildings are tomorrow? I mean, what things are they getting right so far and what do they need to do differently? That is an incredible question. Um, I would return to something I said earlier, which is learn from the past. One of the great triumphs of the 20th century in this country is that the majority of people went from a very, very poor housing situation into something far more acceptable that was instrumental in leading the single biggest rise in living standards witnessed in human history, which is what happened through the bulk of the 20th century in the UK and other parts of the world. So for me, I, I, can't, I can't begin to answer that, but I'm gonna give you a, a beginning. And that's to say, ask the right questions at the start. I think so many of the ways we talk about this, for example, the metrics around affordability, what we view success to be, are, are wrong. Uh, and I think we have to say that we have to arrive at a situation where somebody on basic earnings or minimum wage in this case is simply able to access an affordable quality housing product. And whatever that means by way of regulation, structure, funding mechanisms, devolution to get to that point, because where we are now is patently not in that place. I am, I am encouraged, I'm an optimist, I'm encouraged by the fact that 15 years ago, 10 years ago, the idea, the whole language of social housing was being extinguished from the Labour Party, never mind the Conservatives. It's incredible now that housing's moved to the top of the political agenda and a Conservative Prime Minister is talking again about the need for dramatic increases in, in house building, particularly social housing and affordable housing. So I'm encouraged by that, but I think we are still a dramatic distance away from being able to deliver on that promise.